Um, Channel 10. <laughs> Today's episode of Channel 10 Podcast is brought to you by Channel10Podcast.com. When you go to Channel10Podcast.com, you can check out our back catalog of great episodes. And you can also help support the show by clicking the store link and purchasing some Channel 10 Podcast merchandise. With that, let's start the show. You used to be like, see you then, Channel 10. And we used to think that people would catch on. You know, but like, if you're not from Queens, <laughs> if you don't got Time Warner or whatever, like, well, I got to do it, yo. Yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up, horn, man? What up? Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. What up? All good, baby, in every hood, son. What up, yeah. CNN, Network Channel 10, it's on again, street niggas is grown men, bold face, gather your face, stay in place, yo, crime lace, cast more beef than Scarface, CNN, Network Channel 10, it's on again, street niggas is grown men, bold face, gather your face, stay in place, yo, Call is now being recorded. Yo. Yo. We're back once again, Almighty AR in the building alongside Single Superior. This is the Channel 10 Podcast. And we are on the eve of the final State of the Union address by our black president, Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we were just sitting around kicking it and we just watched this Kendrick Lamar video, um, Pay It Forward. You know, he just had the meeting, private meeting with Obama, and um, we were just sitting here, and it occurred to me that, you know, as he leaves the White House, you know, just the impact that he's made on hip hop has actually been kind of tremendous, you know? Yeah. And like, it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen moving forward when we get a new president in office, how, you know, how how all that's going to change like our access you know you know say what you want about obama but it seems like the black community has had and the hip-hop community has had certain access into um the white house that they've never had before Mm -hmm. yeah that's true but um i've always you know just thinking about this now it's it's like it's something that Obama kind of had to do. I mean, you know, we can look into you know different hip hop artists that he's quoted. Um, you know, like people like Kendrick going into the White House, and we can even look into uh, you know Obama and how he'll make. Uh, let's see, like how he uh, he sang that Al Green song. Oh yeah. Or yeah, he yeah. cried when who was it that was singing Aretha Franklin recently at the Kennedy's honors? Yeah, the lady who wrote the song. Okay. Yeah, so doing these really calculated moves in an effort to, to you know, to let the African-American community know, I mean, you know, for, for to let us know that he's black. Now, do you think that it's calculated in, like, a conniving way or calculated in, like, a subversive way? Like, yeah, I'm doing what I have to do as president, but niggas, you know I got you. I'm with y'all. I think it's <laughs> I think it's pretty conniving. I mean, I'm really cynical about this anyway, yeah. so I mean like I know just from my experience in the corporate world, you know, sometimes you have to do what you have to do and it might be against, you know, what you really believe in your heart or how you might really feel about a certain situation. At the end of the day, like sometimes when you're dealing with a certain client or something like that who's trying to get something out of you, 
and like legally or you know procedural wise you can't do it through your job but at the end of the day you know if it's somebody who comes from the same walk of life as you you'd be like look brother it's all I can do mm-hmm. so like I wonder if that's Obama's approach I mean maybe but then I also I think that you know with him embracing the hip hop community he's also embracing you know a very large um voting block yeah that's true um, which is something that he really he really does with data and everything like who knows when uh you know the Jeezy song my my president is black came out yeah i mean i don't know like i remember where i was at night when he first got elected i was in the streets of dc and mm-hmm. You know, at Howard University, and I remember cars pulling up, just blasting. My president is black, and you know, I always tell this story. I was I was just walking up some street, and a random car just pulls up, blasting. My president is black, and a nigga pops out with a champagne bottle, like, "Your president is black, nigga. Drink this." <laughs> <laughs> and I just took it to the head, <laughs> right there in the middle of the street. Oh man! And then you know, years later, um, this was like what last year when um, Obama had a Jeezy quote at the um, White House Correspondents Dinner, and then Jeezy actually said he was initially invited to it, but then they were like, "Nah, they had to rescind that." But Jeezy was like, "You know, I understand." <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah, and you know, we we know about um, you know Obama's you know data infrastructure that he's been working on for like the past almost 10 years now yeah and looking at the way everything is becoming like really data driven I'm I am pretty sure that they probably looked at the album sales of that Jeezy album that one single they probably you know cross-referenced probably other possible songs that probably talked about Obama being black and they probably figured out the the demography of the people who were listening to it and they said that, all right, you got to talk to these niggas now. But that's still dangerous because niggas, um, you know, traditionally don't come out to vote. And that's why they're not catered to. So it's kind of, da- and like, you know, he did it. He was able to mobilize the vote through hip hop. You know, people like Diddy and Jay-Z and Jeezy, um, they were influential in getting niggas out to vote. And, you know, letting you know exactly, you know, what you're, voting capabilities may be if you were a felon due to uh, you know these uh, restrictive drug laws that are targeted the black community which is another issue but yeah you know um, you know letting people know that you can go out and vote and do this um, you know I guess politically wise it's kind of risky I mean from my standpoint it seems like you know it's like a no-brainer but somebody, you know, you know, political wise, it's like, yeah, you could do this, but they're not gonna vote for you anyway, because they're not even gonna vote. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, I think he takes pride in in getting, you know, quote unquote niggas to vote, because you look at somebody like a Ben Carson, you know, he's not gonna target that audience. He doesn't care about that vote or anything like that. So, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, hey, look, man, my mother thinks he's a prophet. And there's something that, you know, that, that must be said for a man who can bring niggas together. Yeah, for real. True. But, um, you know, also, there was also, like, kind of like a black voting infrastructure in place, too, because, you know, remember before Obama started, before maybe before he was a senator, well, maybe he was a senator, senator we had uh, the Vote or Die campaign. Right, yeah. 
And now I'm thinking about it, I wonder if it was like a whole big ploy to try to get niggas to start thinking about voting for Obama. <laughs> I mean, now that you mention it, Common had that one line, well, I wasn't on B or Find It Forever, but Common said something about, and it was like way before he's had any type of presidential uh, aspiration, supposedly. Yeah. When he was like a super junior senator, and he said something about Obama in one of his songs. Um, I gotta find the lyric because he because Common mentioned it before, and um, it's crazy how that came into fruition. You know, magically. I guess the cynic would be like, "This was all a ploy," you know, from the beginning. Um, I'm gonna find that line, but um, I don't know. Like, it's just it's just really interesting too. Like how he's use rappers like Jay-Z, like how we were just talking about um, that whole controversy when Jay-Z and Beyonce went to Cuba. And um, I was reading something somewhere and it said that, you know, Jay-Z was most likely used by the Foreign Service in order to um, make diplomatic relations with Cuba so that they could do this whole thing that they're doing now in terms of lifting the embargo. Mm-hmm. And um, they're saying the same thing, too, about Dennis Rodman in North Korea, about how he was probably agent for the White House to go and try to do some type of thing in between that. But Yeah, but why? I was going to say, but why Den- Dennis Rodman? But apparently he already he was already friends with yeah, the guy. Yeah. I mean, you have to use the resources that you have available. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's kind of funny, though, because, you know, people still know who Dennis Rodman is, it seems. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was... Dennis Rodman was the crazy dude who played with Jordan on the on the iconic Bulls team. So, yeah. but yeah, you know, but uh, going back to Obama though, um, you know, it has been said that you know he already he always had these presidential aspirations, you know, even before he became a senator. Mm. Too. So I think that's something that you know that has to be said, and he he wrote these books for a reason. I don't know. It was um, it's kind of interesting because how can you plot the course? I mean, the first African American president, he was a senator for what, like two years? Mm-hmm. Like it's some very unheard of type stuff to be able to plot and chart, and maybe you have to have that type of, um, I guess, ridiculousness some type of ridiculous belief in yourself to even make it to that level to even, you know, do that. But um, it's just crazy to have that amount of foresight. Yeah. Well, he's also a good speaker, too. Is he really? I mean, I don't know. Like, to me, he he has his moments, but, like, you know, he'll get upstaged by Bill Clinton. What about Reagan? Uh, see, I I haven't seen very many of Reagan's speeches, and I guess because Reagan, I guess watching Narcos and seeing like little clips of Reagan, I can see how people can get behind Reagan because he's talking that shit that they want to hear, <laughs> and he's like presenting the image that they want. And Obama's kind of different because, like, even though he's able to mobilize niggas, you know, he's he's visibly not them. 
So it's like for him to be able to gain trust, even being black, you know, it takes more than that just to gain somebody's trust. I mean, look at <laughs> yeah. Ben Carson and look at um, what's the dude with the nine 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 plan? Oh, my man Herman Cain. Herman Cain, and um, <laughs> look at uh, even Al Sharpton, who's a polarizing figure in the black community. So you know, it takes a lot to to be a black person and still, you know. I guess make it to that side of the game and then gain the trust of people who aren't there. It might even take more trust of a black person than, you know, a white person. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Because, like, nigga, what did you have to do? I mean, well, Al Sharpton went through a lot of shit. Yeah. Being jailed or. He, but he ended up, didn't he end up like Guantanamo Bay or something like that? I think. Oh wow, I didn't know about it's, that. It's it was like he he got jailed in some kind of crazy country and it led to Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton getting him or something like that. I gotta read his book. I know you uh, mentioned it before. Um, yeah, Al Sharpton's an interesting dude. Yeah, he always knew he was going to be a preacher. He uh, you know, he would make a pulpit with all of his teddy bears and he would preach to him at like the age of, like five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy yeah and i'm sure being james brown's uh what tour manager didn't help i mean didn't hurt either <laughs> yeah so that's true we know now since he doesn't have uh, the politics nation every day now and only on the weekends i wonder what he does now to feel that i mean he has his radio show oh, he does so much shit yeah it's like that's not gonna i mean you know that's probably like the you know the, the least of his uh his endeavors. I don't. I don't know about that, man. I mean, apparently, based on what uh, you know, Pastor Manning has been saying about him <laughs> and his uh, financial difficulties, he needs that money. I mean, that's a whole other <laughs> story. Like, and that's something I meant to ask you: is uh, do you actually think Pastor Manning had any type of influence in that decision of him not being on every day? But when when that when all that stuff happened. I was like, this isn't gonna work. And then when it happened, I'm like, no, when like that one little restaurant that no one even knows about said that they would stop supporting MSNBC, I'm like, I don't know, I have no idea what the fuck's going on right now. But the thing is though, I, I don't, I, I'm still not too sure to believe it or not, but the thing is, remember that he was, um, he was invited a whole, um, along with like a whole bunch of other black pastors to talk to Donald Trump. Pastor Manning? Yeah, you didn't see that? Nah, I, you know, I've been trying to keep up with them, but... <laughs> well, no, I mean, it was like a whole bunch of them. Like, oh, it was like okay. hundreds of them, but... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't know Pastor Manning was part of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he, um, and, he, and he got to talk to Donald Trump for like a little bit. Wow. And so when I saw that, because, you know, of course he had like... Uh, what's her, I can't think of the, his woman's name, that, that mistress. I, I think it's his mistress or whatever. Oh, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Hold on. It's a crazy-ass yeah. name. Oh, man. Her name is like... It's not Providence. Oh, I can't think of it right now. Yeah, yeah. They were taking pictures and everything, and he was like whispering Donald Trump's ear and shit. And so when I saw that, and then apparently it was like a like a private thing with, with a whole bunch of black pastors. I'm like, maybe he did have something to do with it because he really pushed that the whole snitching thing. Mm. And no one really has done that yet, and it seems like for whatever reason people really don't talk about it, yeah. and it's probably because of this. You know that uh, uh, what does uh, Rush Limbaugh say? The the regime, mm, yeah, that halts it all. I mean, it's interesting. Like when you look at situations, like during, and then we look at them in hindsight, because 
it kind of reminds me of uh, the whole 50 Cent and Ja Rule situation. Mm-hmm. And like now, you know, Ja Rule's been doing various interviews over the past year or two, and he says, you know, 50 came out, but Ja Rule was already going through the situations with Murder, Inc. being investigated by the feds and all that. And all that. So his hands were kind of tied, and then 50 Cent was able to come through and make it look like he was doing all this type of stuff, but was it really him that led to his demise? So, like, was Al Sharpton already hmm. on his way out? And then Pastor Manning happens to come up like this, and now that Al Sharpton's gone, does it look like a victory? That's true. But then, I mean, but also, if you think about Ja Rule and where he was at his, in his during his career, like, what, 316 was, like, his, his best-selling album, right? I believe so, Rule 33. Yeah, Rule 316. But even even after that, he, he still came back with some stuff. Well, I mean, but Eba, or the thing is, though, he had, like, what, like a four, five album run? Yeah, he had a good run. He had a good run, but 316 was, like, you know, the hype. Yeah. And then he had, like, two other albums that, like, they were cool, but they went platinum, and that was, like, pretty much that. Then he, he clapped back, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and then 50 Cent just kind of killed him. Yeah, yeah, 50 Cent, Eminem, the whole uh, regime. Yeah. Yeah, so... I think also in the midst of like the feds, you know, Ja Rule was kind of like, you know, just kind of going out anyway. And the thing about looking at even at like Rick Ross and 50 Cent, you know, Rick Ross was coming up and 50 Cent was pretty much dying anyway. Yeah, 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 that's true. I mean, because 50 Cent put his all into Rick Ross. I mean, yeah. he, he, I mean, he, he did everything that he could to demolish Rick Ross and Rick Ross still came up. But I do think that, you know, we've had this conversation before. It was uh, that fucking Lex Luger beat. Oh, yeah. And BMF and MC Hammer. Because if it wasn't for those two songs, Rick Ross would be done. (laughs) Yeah, but now it's kind of weird, like, how he just, like, no one doesn't exactly care right now. But what's crazy is I think 50 Cent's new mixtape, the Kanan mixtape, was, like, the number one mixtape on that piff. Hmm. That shit was kind of (laughs) hot. Well, but now he's doing like Miley's now and shit. Fifty Yeah, that song that oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, he said even on high all the time he did that song, but he don't smoke weed. I don't believe that. He probably does every now and again, and he admitted that he does drink every so often. Yeah, I mean, after he got the effing vodka deal, I mean, even when he was um, talking about it, it's almost like he didn't want to promote drinking. But he's making money off of it, so he, so he was like, you know, preaching the whole drinking moderation. It's cool with moderation and stuff like that, because Fifty is very about his health. I mean, Fifty Cent seems like somebody who reads self help uh, self help books all day and tries to like really apply them to his life. He <laughs> probably does. I can see that. And like, you know, he came out with the Formula Fifty book on, um, you know, working out and getting your body right and all that, and you know, the fiftieth law and. You know, he's really into that whole, I guess, optimization type thing that Joe Rogan always talks, uh, talks about. Yeah, that shit seems so inhuman, though. Like, I just don't... I mean, if you want to be that type of, you know, have the type of success, that's, you know, that's what you have to do. No, I'm just talking about, you know, going into that, that freezer, the cryotherapy. Oh, yeah. For, like, yeah. four seconds. You know, actually, um... I have to listen to a Skeptoid podcast about how that's actually not um, 
it actually doesn't really have the benefits that they say it does. And that, you know, what it does for you, like, like the guy basically said, like something about how the extreme cold does something for your endorphins and it can do such, you know, certain things in terms of um, alleviating pain and all that. But you can get the same benefits from like a cold pack or something like that, you know, you know, putting cold on your body. But then the rush of it creates endorphins and it makes you feel really good and stuff like that. And he said, you know, if you go into it with that type of mindset, it's not bad. But if you think it's going to get rid of all inflammation in your body and cure cancer and all that other type of stuff, then, you know, and it seems like Joe Rogan believes that it has all these types of uh extra added benefits but the skeptoid guy he kind of broke it down I'm like uh, I don't know but remember uh, Rogan he had that that woman on the uh, the scientist um which one the one who was talking about the uh, brain injuries no um it was I think she like she specializes she specializes in like vitamins and she was talking different vitamins yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the one who's talking about the um the, the um, omega yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, she seemed like she's over cryotherapy as well as, you know, saunas and shit. Yeah, I mean, I do think it does have a benefit um, as well. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at all sides of it because anything, I think, I think anything that makes you feel good that doesn't have too much of an adverse effect on, you know, your physical health, because actually, you know, like, I guess heroin would take over the <laughs> pleasure receptors of your brain in a negative way, but. You know, most things that make you feel good is going to have a good impact on your body. Mm. Because, you know, when you feel good, that's part of your health as well. And, you know, I mean, you know how it is when you have anxiety and you start to have physical effects of it and everything like that, too. So a good point. I guess it works the other way around as well. It makes sense. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, they, they say if you're drinking alcohol in moderation, you, you'll, you'll see benefits. Yeah. We, I mean, even like, you know, cigarettes, you know, they say that people who smoke, they tend to, you know, to be able to work longer than other people. Yeah. And then like, you know, that's what, I mean, I guess you have a lot of different variables that go into your overall health, but if you're doing something bad, but it makes you feel good, then it can have a net gain. Because, you know, look at somebody who smokes cigarettes a lot and they don't have one and it gives them all these negative emotions and stuff and then what are those negative emotions doing to you that might be worse than a cigarette but then what but then what would have happened if the person just didn't smoke at all that's true you probably probably wouldn't have been able to work as harder that's based true. on studies yeah <laughs> so that's it. life is crazy yes it is don't I know it that was a wild tangent that we <laughs> Yeah. But um, going back to Obama, it's just crazy. Like, all of the references and stuff, like, even DJ Drama, like, Sirocco Drama. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. Like, I wonder, or even, like, on Liberty Heights, that WM Obama, um, I don't think it's there anymore, but that was Oh, a, yeah. Like, you have different, like, supermarkets and stuff. And I think there might be an Obama middle school, elementary school somewhere out there. Right, and don't forget, was it wasn't there like an Obama fried chicken that popped up? Yeah, 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 Obama and, fried chicken. And don't forget about the Obama heroin packs that came out. Yeah, yeah, that was classic. He even had his face on it. Oh, you remember when um when Tony Ayo had that song um about Obama and it was like the weed that he was you know oh. selling or whatever. Oh yeah, I got that Obama. 
Oh yeah, don't forget about the um, the Obama essential oil. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I was just thinking about the other day because I had I have one around here somewhere. Oh yeah, it's in um it's in the medicine cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, matter of fact, I was I was, <laughs> I was taking a piss and I was looking at my Obama oil. I was like, damn, is this gonna be around forever? Cause this is a good ass scent. I was I thought the same thing when I was in the bathroom the other day. Actually, <laughs> like, what's gonna happen with the, with the Obama scent? And it, but it seems really consistent. Whenever I've smelled, like you know, I've seen it and I've smelled it and I've uh, yeah. You know, sent, yeah, yeah, it's real. So, oh, so so someone actually like patented a scent for Obama. I mean, it must have because it's always the same wherever you get it from, and it's always blue. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So and Planet Money, they need to do they need to do an episode on the Obama scent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause it, I mean, it's out here in the hood. So how did shit get here, man? Like. I don't know. It must like, be like a because I th- was it no I was talking to my mother, and you know like the, the certain like you know Korean Chinese like weird stores you go into, mm-hmm. they don't they won't have like a name for the store nothing you just go in but they have everything that you need as a black person. Yeah. How do they figure this shit out? I don't know, man. And they they've been doing this you know way before you know people started using data to try to figure out algorithms to figure out what you know ethnic people want. <laughs> I mean, I guess they just infiltrated our community, figured out what we wanted and needed, and sold it back to us. And then other people did studies on that, and then made company, uh, companies out of it, like Shea Moisture, and then sells it to, what, L'Oreal or some shit, and makes millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, man, that store um, where I got my oil from the other day, the joint that was imported from Dubai. Um, and my girl actually loves that scent. I forgot what it was called, but that was a Muslim store, and that has everything that you need, in addition to a whole bunch of Muslim DVDs and stuff. <laughs> of course. And, you know, me with the beard, you know, I'm brother when I come up in there. Well, at least, at least you get love in those types of places, man. I remember that one time I was trying to get a scarf. And the guy, he just he kept asking, like, what do I want it for? Like, what do you want to do with this scarf? Mm. And Is that here or was that New York? No, it was here. Okay. I mean, he, he know, I used to go, I used to, he's known me since high school. I used to get my shea butter from him all the time. Mm-hmm. And little does he know now, I'm wearing it around my head. <laughs> Probably not in a proper way. Probably not. But it's really good. It's really nice and sturdy. I've had it ever since high school. Yeah, man, I've been thinking about getting a Muslim scarf because, I mean, real talk, it's kind of fly. And, like, um, it's interesting. I was, I was listening to some podcast. I might have been to Planet Money um, talking about the economy that's building up around, like, the tech and the, the entrepreneurial economy that's building up around Muslim millennials. And I don't know if you noticed, like, they have all kind of, like, fashion companies that are coming out with, like, Muslim headscarves and stuff. Oh, yeah. And um, I think... It's like American Apparel or or Forever Twenty One. They actually have a line of them now, and it's like you know some of that stuff is kind of fly. Like, so I I was thinking about getting one, but you know when I go to work, sometimes if it's just me and a white woman at the elevator, and they just get real scared, you know they just get shocked or whatever. Even though you know clearly I had to have a like a security card to get past the barrier and everything like that, but they still. You know, seem kind of flustered when I'm around, so I don't think wearing one of those scarves would be conducive to my freedom and safety as a black man in America. 
Yeah, I know, man. Like, if you put, like, one of those around you, like, your, your face when it's cold outside. <laughs> I might get shot. <laughs> I might get shot by a black person. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. It's not good. Oh, man. I've been thinking about breaking down and getting a face, uh, one of them ninja masks. No ski masks? Yeah. Man. I actually saw one. It was called Ninja Mask in the store. <laughs> <laughs> it might be like, like a 7-Eleven or maybe it's a hood store or something like that. Uh, I'm like I don't know, man. I've, I've gone so many years without it, but the other day I was I was walking and like it was like the cold was just ripping my nose off my face with the wind. So I was like uh, I might have to invest in one of these. I mean, I, I always wanted one when I was like a kid. My mother would never like let me have one, mm-hmm. and she always says bad bad enough you're black, mm-hmm. so you just can't have one. And I've been thinking about getting one too, but it, like even like when I talk to, like certain like people. And they get, like, really upset about people wearing these things. I'm like, these people out here in, like, you know, sub-zero temperatures sometimes, the teens, single digits, it's cold as shit outside. What are they supposed yeah. to do? And you saw the walk I... I mean, the walk we just had to take. <laughs> like, I do that every day, pretty much. Yeah, man. I have to use a face mask. But then it's like... You know, it's all kind of crazy shit that can happen. You look like you're about to do something. No matter how cold it is, it's like, you know, they expect you to just, I don't know what they expect, but. Expect us to freeze so we can die off. Yeah. In this climate that isn't conducive to our melanin. Yeah, you're already vegan, man, so the last thing they want you to do is stay alive. I know, right? I'm a, I'm, <laughs> I'm a what? I'm, I'm a socially conscious vegan. Oh, yeah, socially conscious vegan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, um, I don't know, man. It's just a crazy world out here. Speaking of Muslims, though, um, I dreaded this day. I don't know if you heard about what happened in Philly, and I haven't looked too much into it. I just saw a couple of headlines, and of course, the New York Post had something about it. But you know, Philly has uh, um, a, a, a big Muslim community made up of African Americans, <laughs> and Apparently, some guy in Philly was shooting at a police car, and he said it was in the name of Allah. <laughs> and I was like, please don't let one of these niggas oh, be on some ISIS type shit. And it didn't happen for so long. I was like, all right, it's not going to happen. But it finally happened. Oh, it did? Yeah. So it's not it's, it's not a good look. So, all right, so, uh, hmm, I don't know. And when does this happen again? Uh, I think it happened recently. Hold up. Philly, Muslim. Maybe he was just being silly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to just type in Philly Muslim shooting at cops. Okay, so this is from NBC 10 Philadelphia two days ago. NBCPhiladelphia.com wants to know my location. Decline. Philadelphia Police FBI investigate new threat against law enforcement after ambush shooting of officer. Tensions ran high in the Philadelphia Police Department Sunday in the wake of an attempted assassination of an officer by a man alleged I'm allegedly claiming he did it in the name of Islam after an anonymous tip to officer Saturday said the threat against police in the city is ongoing. 
According to a police report obtained by NBC10, an anonymous tipster told officers that the threat to police is not over and that the man who shot Officer Jesse Hartnett is part of a group that consists of three others, adding that the alleged shooter is not the most radical of the four. The reported uh, the, uh, the report obtained Sunday goes on to say the tipster told police to be careful. Law enforcement officials confirmed Sunday afternoon that police did receive a tip that Edward Archer, the man accused of approaching Hartness patrol car at 60th and Spruce Streets Thursday night. I think we I think we were up there around there. And mm-hmm. um, fire on him at point blank range was working among a small group of radical men. Authorities said the tip came from a woman who approached an officer on the street. Very concerned. We don't know. We don't quite know what to make of it yet, said Police Commissioner Richard Ross Monday morning. So we're going to take every precaution necessary. There might not be anything to it, but we're not going to take any chances with that. We've got to protect our, uh, we've got to protect our police officers. That's paramount. Police, uh, Philadelphia police officers are riding with a partner in patrol vehicles as a precaution. They've been advised to stay vigilant. Let's go down. Investigators over the weekend said that so far they had not found anything linking Archer 30 to the Islamic State Militant Group, though Archer, according to police, pledged allegiance to the group, commonly known as ISIS. Niggas just need to belong to something. Apparently. Archer's neighbors say they were skeptical the man was radicalized. He could have said ISIS, that's possible, but people need to evaluate his mental health. He was raised in a Baptist church but converted to Islam several years ago. His grandfather came to Archer, went to Mecca for at least a year, and came back a changed person. Yeah, so. Niggas are uh, pledging allegiance to ISIS, apparently, according to the mainstream media. They'll probably be on the next ARAB song or something. Niggas start pledging allegiance to ISIS. Shit is gonna get real. I might have to cut my beard. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, hopefully it doesn't happen. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Shout out to Obama. I'm about to get hit with. Some type of Obamacare tax penalty. Oh, you gotta gotta work on that, man. Yeah, no, being very irresponsible. I don't know. You can just you know go and read the uh, what ten thousand pages. Be alright. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much to read. I don't know, man. But um, yeah, I saw something earlier that said. You know, expect something never before in this uh, last State of the Union from Obama. So I'm wondering what, you know, what exactly is going to go down, if anything. Um, maybe he'll address uh, UFOs. Like, <laughs> yeah, they do exist. That's crazy. Like thinking about being a president and how many secrets you're entrusted with for the rest of your life. Like, or maybe how many secrets there are that you just don't know because. You're only there for a limited amount of time, but there's people who are just there. 
Oh yeah. You know, through lots of presidents. So I don't know. It's a crazy world. But yeah, Sirocco drama. W. M. Obama. Obama fragrance. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw something that said that um. Bernie Sanders is, is, is uh, closing in and it's pretty much equal with Hillary um, so far for the Democratic primary. Mm. And nobody could ever see him, uh, you know, taking the election. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, everything's fucked up. Got fucked up Democrats, got fucked up Republicans. Yeah, I'm supporting my man Rand Paul. He said that um, I think they regulated him to uh, or relegated him to the um, the second debate. So he said he's not going to participate in anyone that doesn't in any debate that's not going to take his um, his campaign seriously. So I thought that was a good move for him. Like fuck this shit, I'm out. Now didn't didn't someone have a debate like a last week or something or, the, or a week ago or two? Um, might have been the last Democratic one. Yeah, see, that shit is just so fucked up. Like, how they only have, like, what, three of them? Four Democrat? Yeah. Yeah. But it's only three of them. And they're all on the weekend. Yeah. But it's all because of Hillary. That's the main reason. Because Debbie Wasserman Schultz is the DNC chair. And, you know, they... It's, it's just so crazy how they, you know, they, they, they jump right on Obama when he starts getting hot. Then they jump right back to Hillary. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, Hillary was supposed to get it back in 08. But the uh, interesting thing is, um, if somebody like Trump or Bernie Sanders gets it, um, I was listening to something talking about the superdelegates uh-huh. and how they can vote against whatever the primary is and kind of be like, nah, we're not having this. And somebody wrote something. Um, I really need to get my sources together. But somebody wrote something about how... Um, you know, basically defending that, saying that, you know, there are people who really believe in the party and have worked for it for all these type of years. So you can't just have somebody come in and take all the votes and want to, you know, be the president or whatever and not really be for the party. And that's why they have the super delegates who can just be like, fuck whoever you voted for. We're going to put this person in. Huh. Now, it kind of makes sense. Like, this is our party, and this is what we stand for. We can't have this person coming in. But it's kind of not against different. the two parties. I mean, it's kind of against yeah. America. But when you think about it, the two-party system has nothing to do with anything. Sure. Nothing to do with the Constitution. <laughs> nothing to do with whatever. So technically, you should just be able to pop up and say, I want to run for president. And not even participate in the system, but you see how that works out. Yo, niggas need labels. Niggas do need labels. Yeah. Not in hip hop. <laughs> not anymore, supposedly. Yeah, true. But yeah, you are worried about our sources since we'll have to uh, prepare properly for Tuesday. Yeah. That'll be nice and nice and interesting. Yeah, you know we're um we're hitting the big time. Gonna be on terrestrial radio. 1010 AM WOLB. Should we be even be talking about this on here? <laughs> oh no. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, why not? I guess we do. We do have. We do have Baltimoreans who do listen. So yeah. So yeah. Ten ten W O L B. I mean, I I don't know if we're doing next week or the week after. Oh okay. But um, yeah, we're hitting the big time. Going to be on a, on terrestrial radio, doing it real big, talking about issues and things. I got Michelle Alexander's book on Audible, and I'm gonna delve into that write down some stats and figures and things and have some other ideas look at some Ron Paul speeches where he's talking about the prison system and all that yeah we got cause I, I don't I don't remember which, what the uh, first topic is <laughs> the first one is um oh drugs yeah drugs and all that and um, I also want to look into Uruguay and because um, I believe they legalize all drugs and apparently it's worked out pretty good for them Mm. So, oh, yeah. Real busy in 2016. Yeah, man, it's just crazy how things are just falling your lap like this. Yeah, we got music, we got podcasts, we got radio, uh, we got everything. T shirts. T shirts. Killer Fifth, new project coming out, Skylines. I have two beats on there. Check out our last episode with him. Um, what else we got going on? 410 musicfactory.com. Check that out. Baltimore Club Music. I got that popping off. Powerball tomorrow. We're about to buy some tickets. <laughs> about to do some numbers. I'm about to go look at this numerology book and see what's popping. Oh, well. You know. And um, we got to do it. And just some, I guess, some random hip hop trivia, because I keep thinking about the Powerball. MF Doom or Mad Villains song, all caps. Originally, it was called Powerball 5000. Wow. I have no idea why, because it has nothing to do with the Powerball, but that's what it was named originally. When I think of Powerball and hip hop, I think of Chingy. Oh, that's right, you did. He had the album called either Powerball or Powerballing. Oh, speaking of Chingy, do you know he's going to be on Baltimore Street? <laughs> when? <laughs> I think like in February or something. Preaching? No, no. Apparently he's like performing. George, my my, my brother told me. P- performing where? At the, at the strip club? Yeah, performing at the strip club. I think he's at the, at the um at the Hustler Club. That's crazy, cause he's supposed to be a black Israelite now. I thought yeah. she he was going to be out there preaching with the Israelites. I don't know, man. Hey man, you gotta get your money, support the movement, I guess. Well look at the Buddhist monk, man. He got robbed in Philly for trying to buy Powerball tickets. So <laughs> something I'm in I'm in to look into is uh, I think the Buddhists in Nepal or it's some place where Buddhists are going to war. They are? Yeah, like they they going to war against Muslims or something, something crazy. Cause I think Muslims been killing them. That sounds quite funny. Yeah. Should we go ahead and take a break? Um, we can just sign off. Yeah, yeah. That's good enough. So, um, log on, check us out. Got a lot coming up. And we out. Peace, peace. You gotta just do it, yo. Yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up, on, man? What up, watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. What up, all good, baby, in every hood, son. What up, y'all? CNN, Network Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas is grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, Network.
Channel 10, it's on again Street niggas, that's grown men Bold face, get in your face Stay in place, yo, crime lace Cast more people